0: from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets real steel offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024 see participating retailer for details hey this is Brian Alvarez and this is today's edition of the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8 Side Network Let's get it
2: on. Welcome to the show, everybody. Let me tell you something. When you hear this show on a podcast, it is not going to have this opening. Yes, everybody, it is Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Seppervivi here with you for the next hour talking professional wrestling in mixed martial arts, really no mixed martial arts, so just the pro wrestling. We do that every single day here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. And however you're joining me today, tune in, iHeart, American Forces Radio, sportsbyline.com, the air affiliates like the Mightier 1090, Sirius XM via podcast, or video streaming on Twitch and YouTube. However you're joining me today, even if it's two tin cans strung together with a piece of string, I'd just like to say thank you. As always, there's going to be a lot to get into today, not the least of which is all of the hullabaloo and scuttlebutt over... (sighs) Could it be Naomi and Sasha Banks being added back to the active roster page for WWE? Also, FTR taken out of the AEW video game. Some people were wondering when they saw that news this morning if that would be causing a ton of controversy It has not. FTR uh, was well aware that they were being taken out of the game. It's just that the news has come out now about all that. And we'll tell you all about that, as well as what's coming up tonight on Raw. I had a chance to watch both SmackDown and Rampage. We can talk about that. Got some news coming up about Samoa Joe, as well as some other things, not the least of which is tournament season coming to an end in Japan. We have the finals of the NOAA N1 all set up as well as some news on the IWGP Women's Championship Tournament. The first match has been announced. It is Jazzy Gabert against Ava. We'll get into that a little bit later on as well, too. I am tired of holding on to this phone, and I'm going to switch back over to the fine microphone and tie-line method that we usually use here on this program. So stick with me. We'll be back. I'm Mike Sempervivi, and this is Wrestling Observer Live. Ah, there we go. Welcome back. Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi here with you. Hopefully with HD audio. Let me get this now. ASMR kids. Wrong, I need this. Ah, that's for the big boss man, Brian Alvarez, who will be back tomorrow on this program right now he is somewhere signing and updating his last will and testament why because he will be facing off against filthy tom lawler their partners billy starks with brian alvarez and killer kelly with filthy tom lawler coming up this weekend in chicago I guess we're going to have a heat up for that show take place a little while from now for viewers of Twitch and YouTube, those premium subscribers. And for those of you who listen to the Filthy Four Dailies over dot Observer.com, I believe Brian will be back from doing whatever it is he is doing right now while doing this show. And he'll be doing the show with Filthy Tom Lawler. So that is going to be certainly something here as we lead into this weekend. It is a a big weekend. The whole opening segment of this show has thrown me off. But damn it, we have a lot coming up here this weekend as we lead into both All Out 4 in Chicago and WWE's Clash at the Castle taking place in Cardiff, Wales. There is, as well... Once we hit Sunday, right before All Out, NXT Worlds Collide, that is going to be taking place. And we have a little bit of NXT news to begin uh, the the show here. Uh, It's not really NXT news, but it does involve a former NXT wrestler, Santana Garrett, has returned to WWE. And this is up on the front page of the website right now, although I'm not looking at it. Uh, since the show started so it may have changed because a little birdie has told me that she uh, is back at the PC just as a guest trainer. She is not back full time as the article uh has made it look uh garrett on her instagram stories on monday spoke about the role and said she was helping a uh, class with new hires so it's gonna be uh garrett had been there for a while she was part of the 2017 may young classic she signed uh full-time with wwe in 2019 she was a regular on nxt she wrestled on one episode of raw and was a, a part of the 2021 women's royal rumble But then that was pretty much it for her. She ended up going to AEW and and working a couple of shows down there. In fact, the front page article said it was four. So Uh, she's just back as a guest trainer for now. But we've seen plenty of people uh, who have been part of NXT in the past make their way back. So if this goes successfully for her and everybody is happy, she may get called back again. And who knows, maybe she gets called back for a full-time role coming up soon. Two full time wrestlers that a lot of people would like to see back in the ring are Naomi and Sasha Banks. And apparently, there was a whole bunch of furor cause when they were added back to the active page of WWE talent. I cannot uh, confirm that firsthand as I rarely like to navigate the WWE.com website, but their return to the company has been speculated on now for quite some time. And as we come to the end of the very jinxed WWE women's tag team championship tournament, I have a feeling that once we see the finals, we may see Naomi and Sasha Banks doing a challenge and on paper, if your champions happen to be EO Sky and Dakota Kai, matches against Naomi and Sasha Banks may get as close to stardom stuff as we can get in this country. It, they ought to be fantastic, uh, together. So that's the, at least the direction that I'm hoping that they're going. It certainly would seem to be the case if Naomi and Sasha are coming back because you can go with, with those. For, for quite some time, probably right into uh, Survivor Series. I know we have WWE Extreme Rules is going to be coming up as well, too. But I have a feeling because of the participants involved, as well as Bailey being in there, too, we could be seeing tag team matches and six-woman matches going right into Survivor Series if you wanted to. That's, that's one of the best things. If there's a silver lining in the cloud that happened with Naomi and Sasha, and this whole deal with Vince McMahon is... I don't know if they happen to fall into line together or what, but if Naomi and Sasha come back, look, the women's tag team championship since then has been a, I want to say comedy of errors, but they're, they, were they going to shelve it? Okay. Are we going to bring it back? We're going to bring it back. We're going to have a tournament for it. They kind of made an odd decision having, Again, Nikita Lyons and, and Zoe Stark, although I, I kind of understood what they were doing there, trying to give them some shine on national TV, that ends up not coming to pass. Toxic trashing comes up. They get hurt. The matches themselves haven't exactly been anything to write home about, so... You know, when this whole thing finally shakes out and falls, you know, frankly, Naomi and Sasha coming back to rile up the new champions and to take their shot at them will probably make everybody forget about how forgettable that tournament has been. Samoa Joe's name has been speculated on for quite some time as to where is he, what is going on, what is happening is he upset does he not want to be uh involved with ring of honor as the tv champion why is he not on aew dynamite what is happening with samoa joe well we have our answer samoa joe has been filming a tv show uh in june it was announced that joe had signed on the right the, <laughs> signed on to play the role of sweet tooth in the Peacock live-action adaptation of the video game Twisted Metal on Saturday, the show's showrunner tweeted that the filming had all wrapped up, and that's where Joe had been. Uh, he suffered a shoulder line, a uh, storyline shoulder injury at the hands of Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt uh, after ROH's July Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view, where Joe had de- defeated Lethal in a title defense so now he is back he was in the Owen Hart tournament he's only wrestled seven matches since the Owen Hart tournament for AEW but his presence will be welcome back not only obviously for Ring of Honor and anything that they plan on doing but just his name value on AEW Dynamite and on Rampage the, the Rampage And I guess I can blast through it real quick before this segment ends, because there's not really a whole lot to talk about with it. It was a a solid show. It was not spectacular. I'm not sure that if you were already dead set on watching your Major League Baseball pennant race game or your NFL preseason game, that there was anything that was going to be on this show that didn't. Have you going back to watch it on the DVR a little bit later on, or 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 maybe even just skipping it all together? Uh, the, the 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 I thought again. I don't know how how banged up Malachi Black is, and I assume that they're telling a story where Hangman Page is going to take the place of Ten in this trios tournament. But if that is not going to be the case, uh, you should have had the House of Black win this thing. But Malachi Black had a knee bar on 10 when Miro's Rams horn hit. He ended up coming out. Buddy and Brody went to go after him. That allowed Alex Reynolds to get a roll up on Malachi for the pin. After the match, Miro got into the ring. He was jumped by everybody. Malachi spin kicked him and the House of Black was able to put the boots to him for a little bit before Sting and Darby Allen made the save, which has been setting up or does set up something that has been long rumored. That six man match between the House of Black, Sting, Darby and Miro for the pay per view. Uh, Wardlow destroyed Ryan Nemeth. No surprise there. They are teasing dissension continued between the Andrade family office and private party. Powerhouse Hobbs killed a guy named Ashton Day. Jade Cargill and Athena had a short pull apart in the, in the back. It, it seems as if Cargill has fired Layla Gray out of the baddies by just telling her to to get out basically and having kira hogan take her to the trash uh that was that was that sammy and tay against uh, or sammy and ty Mello against ortiz and ruby soho it, it was okay there was some weird editing at the end of the match double jump cutter by sammy ended up getting the victory and then in the main event uh, ROH heavyweight championship Claudio Castagnoli defeated Dustin Rhodes Old school finish where uh, Dustin jumped up Or ducked underneath Claudio And uh, hit, uh, slammed him's head Into his crotch and uh, that allowed Claudio To get the victory Yeah I fumbled that at the end there But you know what that's just the way this show is going to be Today we'll be back Wrestling Observer Live Wrestling Observer Live on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. That announcer man just said that my name is Mike Sempervivi. Brian Alvarez is not here with me today. He's out doing something, getting himself ready for today's show on WrestlingObserver.com with Filthy Tom Lawler, Filthy 4 Daily, available for subscribers over on that website, you know, we do this show here for an hour at a time every day. But if you want to try to get us 24 seven, and I don't know after this show why you would, you can try to get a hold of me at Semper on Twitter. The timeline for this show at WONF4W, the broadcaster is at Sports Byline USA. And if you love pro wrestling at Mid Atlantic Pod, there was a report that came out earlier on this morning that uh Fightful, I-, I believe it was, initially reported this, that FTR was not going to be a part of the brand-new AEW video game that's coming out here that's gotten a little bit of buzz, apparently won an award not all that long ago, so AEW, FTR not going to be a part of it. People wondered, in this environment of everything going on, would they be incredibly upset about this? Well, apparently... Uh, no, no, they were a little bit blindsided by it, uh, according to uh, according to Dax, or according to Cash, when he and Dax spoke to Give Me Sport, uh, but they talked to Tony Khan, they talked to the legal department, Tony and everybody got back to him, they liked the answer they got, and that's that. <laughs> there is no story here whatsoever unless... Your beat is to cover DLCs, which that's got to be what this is. If they were taking it out of the game completely, I'm sure we would have heard about that from Dax and Cash. I I believe that that would be a, a thing, but... They're not. They're going to be characters that are very likely going to be downloadable, so they can get you to spend an extra $3.99, dollars $7.99, whatever it's going to be to get both of those guys and maybe a couple other people. This is a method that I believe all video games use. I know certainly WWE uses it. I know about the microtransactions and Madden and MLB The Show and in different games like that, so no issue here with with Dax and Cash and no issue for anybody that's going to buy the game and and be upset that they're not going to be in it. Although I I don't know. I mean, I, I, again, in this day and age, I have not played a wrestling video game in a long time, at least one that was not a retro N64 style video game or virtual pro uh, type of deal. So I don't know if it's insulting that they're not As part of the original roster, I don't know if it's insulting or or if it hurts their income not being a part of it and only being part of it as a downloadable. I don't know if that's an issue or not. It seems like, you know, real small potatoes in the grand scheme of things here. And the bottom line is, if FTR isn't going to be pissed about this, probably nobody should be pissed about this. So that's that on that one. SmackDown took place at the uh, Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, Michigan. And... We do have some overnights on that. Now, these numbers are bound to change by the time the final numbers come out here. Probably, I guess it's going to be a little bit later on today. Usually it's right after the show goes off the air. But according to Spoiler TV, the overnights were pretty solid, uh, 2.392 million people. And again, this is baseball at this point locally is probably causing some headaches certainly nationally is not an issue when it comes to smackdown but surely the nfl preseason probably cut into this number here a little bit last week where they also had the competition as well 2.618 million people in the 18 to 49 demo friday night show registered a 0.5 rating which was the same as the previous week so solid numbers for smackdown there and I thought it was a, again, it was a, a solid show for sure. The interaction between Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns, and we'll get to that later on, is, if nothing else, that makes it worth the two hours of fast-forwarding through uh, on the DVR portion of the show, at least through the commercials. You shouldn't be, you know, fast-forward through everything. I think that's what Alvarez does. He says he doesn't, but I don't know about him. That's why I want Filthy Tom to take him out. But the show itself opened uh, right in the ring uh, with Ricochet and Baron Corbin. They had the introductions for both guys, but we got a match right off the bat. As Corbin was making his way to the ring, they did an old-school inset promo. I thought that was cool. This was a rematch from a, a match uh, three weeks ago that Ricochet won. Both of those guys were also in the uh, uh, Intercontinental Championship five-way eliminator last week. I thought this was a fun match and went through one commercial break. Ricochet ended up finishing him off with a beautiful shooting star press. After the match, Pat McAfee used a John Madden-style telestrator to bury Corbin. So Corbin's back on a long losing streak, it looks like, here. Uh And dealing with Pat McAfee poking at him from ringside. But the hope is, and at least this was the hope of Dave and Brian today on Wrestling Observer Radio, that maybe we're going to get to see a a little bit of a turnaround in fortunes here for Ricochet. I would be all for that. Again, Ricochet does not have to main event WrestleMania for me, but if you have a mid-card where some guys, you know, they're, they're at different levels here and, you know, you can build your way up, you know, this might be a good time for Ricochet to see what you can get out of him because... What else are you going to do here with this guy at this point? If you're not going to take him serious now, you may as well just send him down to NXT or NXT Europe or something like that. Because, I again, to waste him in the way that they have, to have him lose constantly and not be able to show off a lot of his skills, I, I think is a big mistake. Hip profits ran into, or the hit row ran into the street profits. We'll have a little bit more on that coming up later on great video package with drew mcintyre i thought this was excellent it go- went back through his history with highlight clips and the first part of it played earlier on in the show uh, they covered up until his return to the company it was followed by a carry-on p- cross promo that was in black and white he threatened to erase every memory that drew actually had for good and TikTok, and that was it for him on the show Towards the end of the show, we got part two with Drew's WWE redemption story that they always like going over. And some, they, they, by the way, they never mind. I won't even bring up one of the, his girlfriend at the time. Uh, Taryn, yeah, I will. Taryn Terrell, they were the, 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 they never talk about like the hotel room battles on the, I think it was the European tour and, and everything else that happens, but they do talk about his mother passing away and how much that weighed down on him. But. They also added some hype for him and Roman's match coming up this weekend at Clash in the Castle. And I'm one of those people that says, belt up Drew Clash in the Castle. It's not going to hurt Roman Reigns whatsoever. It's going to be a big feather in Drew's cap, you know, to end the reign at 300. You know, it was two years now. We're going to have the two-year celebration coming up on this edition of SmackDown. He's had both belts now for quite some time. It is time to give Drew the shot because unless this is a story to build to Cody, like the ultimate story where Cody, because I believe we're going to have another day one show, I believe it's going to be in Atlanta, if that is going to be the case, what a perfect time for Cody to come back from that pec injury, goes into the Royal Rumble, announces his entrances into that, wins that, and then goes ahead and defeats Roman. That would be, that unless you're going to do that, I I see no other reason for Drew not to win. I mean, that would be the only thing I would do. The Rock doesn't factor into that for me. The Rock and Roman Reigns does not have to be a WWE world title match. Maybe to somebody in WWE that's important, but I guarantee you for pretty much the rest of the world, including the world that you're trying to attract by having The Rock come back, it doesn't matter. His battle against Roman Reigns, his cousin, his family, his blood in the LA Coliseum or whatever, the SoFi Stadium in front of 100,000 people or whatever it is, whatever they're going to claim, you know, that's all you really need. And then that way, you know, you can do Cody and Drew or something like that, but Again, it's not important for Roman to have that title if he's going to go ahead and face The Rock. But if the plan is he and Cody, that would be the only way I don't belt up Drew. There was a last chance fatal four way match. Only went three minutes. Natalia and Sonya Deville defeated Drew Drop and Nikki Ash. Nikki A.S.H. Sound like Brian now. Shotzi and Xia Lee and Dana Brooke and Tamina. Natalia reversed the superplex by Nikki as, uh, Sonia made a, a blind tag. Suplexed her actually outside of the ring onto a bunch of people. Sonya ran down, scooped up her up for Carcass, rolled her back in the ring, got the pin, and they advanced to the semifinals later on against Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah. We had a segment with Sheamus who came down for a promo. He was quickly cut off by Gunther. There was Luke Kaiser at Gunther's side. There was Butch and Ridge Holland at at uh, Sheamus's side. And they went back and forth. I thought they had, you know, good, good verbiage. Kind of these big two guys who are just gonna beat the hell out of each other. And Gunther says to Sheamus, "People tell him he can't be broken. Well, he's gonna break him." And as he finishes that, Butch just jumps over, <laughs> jumps on Ludwig, starts fighting him. Ridge kind of stands back. Ludwig starts to get the advantage. He knocks Butch out of the ring. He knocks Ridge out of the ring. Ridge grabs his legs. And as all of this carnage is going on, as these guys are fighting... Sheamus and Gunther are just facing each other. Their eyes that are not leaving each other, and they're going at it. And finally, Ridge is laid to the side. Butch gets back in the ring with Ludwig. They're staggering, and they just get pulled up by the sleeves uh, by their their leaders who, again, never take their eyes off each other, and that's how they decided to go into clash at the castle. And I thought that was a really good way, especially with the sidekicks that they have, to build up a match between... Two bad guys who should thump away at Clash at the Castle. We'll go through the rest of SmackDown as well as a bunch of other news taking place in professional wrestling when we get back from break. Wrestling Observer Live. Back to the show, Mike Severini, or Wrestling Observer Live. This S show, just because it fits in with the uh, the rest of everything today. There is no filthy four daily today. Lance Storm has let me know this. Apparently, Brian said it last night on the Brian and Vinny show, which you could listen to if you're a subscriber to WrestlingObserver.com. I am. And apparently, I should have listened to that show, and I would have known that there is no filthy Ford. And I can understand why Tom's a fighter. You are now down to the end, the fight week. You know, if you don't have to do media, a lot of fighters they hate diddler. You're cutting weight. You've been you've been stressed out. You haven't seen your woman. You've been you've been holding back in in that category. You know, you're trying to get to your your prime physical condition and have all of your focus be placed upon your opponent so i can understand why filthy tom lawler if he doesn't have to he is not doing any media especially not with the judas that is brian alvarez before he and killer kelly face off against billy stark so i really feel bad for in this whole exchange teaming up with brian alvarez coming up blp show gcw this friday night late friday night on all out weekend in chicago That's enough promotion for that one. Back to SmackDown, where Natty and Sonya were being interviewed backstage. And this has been a common theme recently where if you're just concentrating on who is in the the foreground and the the front of the shot there, you kind of miss some things because in the corner, in the background, as Natty and Sonya were cutting their promo, Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. were pantomiming an argument. This is all led into the semifinals, by the way, of the tag team tournament, uh, where Bailey, EO, and Dakota came down to join the commentary team. So whether this means that Dewdrop and Nikki are going to be splitting up, whether this means that it's, we could see them maybe in NXT or something like that for a trip, maybe so they can get themselves together. Not exactly sure, but they have at least a little bit of an idea for them right now. When it came to the second tag match, they got a Lee out of the way early here. They were not worried about her whatsoever. The real star of that team is obviously Raquel Rodriguez, a uh, Mishinoku driver on the floor by Natty. Uh, that's what took a Lee out early on. Eventually, Raquel overcame the two on one and ended up winning the match after a Teana bomb on um, Sonya for the win afterwards. Aaliyah had the full ability to celebrate. She, like, bounced into the ring, and she was all sorts of happy, so I don't know if she may have fallen asleep there on the floor for a while, but she did make it back in, and I guess she'll be okay and ready to go for tonight uh, when, when when they actually face off against EO and, and Dakota in the finals. Maximum male models were doing a photo shoot in the parking garage, and they better figure out something to do with this act quick uh max dupree was incensed because he was standing there and trying to direct this photo shoot and this is in the parking garage mind you there's a bus because it's the parking garage where music is coming out of it in his mind max dupree thought it was hit rose bus and they've kind of been beefing and maxine gives him a look and says you know what I know who to who to get for this job. And she comes back with Los Lotharios, who say they know what they can do to, to really get a hit row for bothering maximum male models. And they show off having spray paint. Sure. And that would be okay if they actually, like, tagged up the bus with anything, but they didn't. It, it looked like a, first of all, the bus looked like a whiteboard anyway that you would ride on. And it actually looked like instead of spray paint, they actually just had blue Sharpies that they wrote, Hit Row sucks all the way across of the bus. Unfortunately, for the maximum male models, um, it wasn't Hit Rows because Hit Row walked over and challenged them for a match next week. And then they turned around to find out that the Street Profits, walking off their bus, were not happy with what they saw. By the way, nothing planned to go with the Maximum Male Models and the Street Profits, so I don't know if any revenge will ever be gotten for this. The New Day then cut an in-ring promo. Xavier Woods was in a wheelchair. They talked about getting beat up over the last several weeks by the Viking Raiders and then watching their legacy get burned up during the Viking funeral last week. They seem to be teasing breaking up when the Raiders came down to the ring to finish them off like the wounded animals. They are Woods teased not being able to get up, but he did. And he had two kendo sticks with him and the new day used them and sent those guys packing. It's time for the main event, Sami Zayn and Drew McIntyre. And this was set up earlier on in the show by Roman Reigns and needing another favor from Sami. Their interactions have been out standing and sammy replacing paul Heyman as the fourth tire on that luxury ride that is the bloodline has been sublime he has been excellent and jay still can't stand him he was on his case about losing last week before sammy came down to the ring uh for the match sammy was pissed about that still but went out there anyway Afterwards, after Sammy unfortunately took the L, uh, not unfortunately, obviously he had to take the L. But the, with the way he's been performing, I need to see Sammy getting some wins here soon, maybe against Jay, I guess, if they start going at it. But Roman ran down, uh, when when Drew uh was w- was beaten or after Drew's victory, sent him show. But Drew actually got the advantage, and this is one thing that may play into Saturday's show is the fact that. He did send him shoulder first into the post. And I know by the end of this segment, it was Roman Reigns sitting tall uh, in a chair over Drew's body after the Usos and Sammy had, had put a beating on him. They they beat him with steel chairs. They put him over the announce table. Uh, they held him so Sammy could deliver the Huluva cook. And they crushed him with the ring steps. And they did leave him laying, but it was... The first thing that you saw when Roman went after Drew was him missing a spear and nailing himself and and getting put into the ring post and Drew throwing him into the ring pace. So I have a feeling that that is going to be playing in. That's going to be something that they're going to be bringing up. When Drew was completely massacred, the final thing that Roman Reigns did to him was lock on a guillotine before laying him out and placing the chair over him and sitting down, which is how the show ended. It was a very, very strong way to go off the air, I thought. The show next week, as we've mentioned, is taped. On Cross makes his debut. We have Ronda Rousey's Final Judgment. Uh, where, where she calls out Adam Pierce. We have that hit row maximum male models match. Uh, happy Corbin is, is going to have an open challenge as well as the, uh, Roman Reigns's two year championship celebration, which the Usos and Sami Zayn are going to be hosting. So that's what's going to be taking place coming up. On this coming Friday, SmackDown, which is going to be the technically the last go-home show leading into Clash at the Castle. But tonight's Raw is going to be the last live version of that. And we're going to get the Usos and Sami Zayn on the show tonight as well. not much has been offered other than that from the WWE preview, so we're not sure what they're going to be doing, but they're definitely going to be on the show, as is Kurt Angle, because they are going to be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And if they're sticking with, you know, obviously we haven't seen it on TV yet, but if they need an excuse for why Adam Pearce isn't there, you know, Kurt Angle's got a little bit of GM experience, you know? I heard his son is a... Uh, is a producer backstage. Nobody wants to remember that angle. But his his former son's tag team partner, Chad Gable, Alpha Academy, Otis. How can we not have some interaction? Uh, how can we not have interaction between Kurt Angle and, and Alpha Academy tonight? So I would assume uh, we're going to get a dose of that, as well as Raquel Rodriguez and Aliyah against Dakota Sky or Dakota Kai and EO Sky. Um, tonight for the WWE tag, and again, it'll be interesting to see if Sasha and Naomi are back. Do do you bring them back tonight? Is it something that you wait on? Maybe something you bring them back as a surprise, a clash at the castle, and then you blitz everybody with advertising, and then they make their return next. You know, n- this coming Monday night on Raw, it'll be interesting to see what they do there. And the one other thing that they've announced for tonight is Matt Riddle having a face to face with yes, Seth freakin rollins it is written like that backstage by the way folks seth freaking rollins and so they're going to be facing off a clash at the castle uh riddle has been out with an injury uh, from Seth. I'm trying to figure of how far back that goes now. It's been a while uh, since Riddle's been actually in the ring. Oh, also Bobby Lashley against The Miz tonight as well, too. So Ciampa surely at ringside, as well as Dexter Loomis, and hopefully they tie up those strings as well. How did The Miz uh... break the grip of dexter loomis how far did he make it while he was being dragged out of the building did he did he make it to the top of the concourse and is like did did dexter stop to buy a shirt or a soda or some nachos or something and kind of like lost a grip of him while he was trying to pay and the miz got away uh, was, was the Miz in, in still in a trunk of a car or something like that by the time that Dexter Loomis was, was brought over to NXT so he could give his goodbye letter to Indy Hartwell? Possibly all of these questions and more being answered tonight on Monday Night Raw, which again is taking place on the USA Network, 8 o'clock from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's, uh, yeah they they really got to figure out there's been no social media on that i don't think there's been nothing to that story like like <laughs> whatsoever at all like nothing like, you couldn't do one funny skit like anything like maurice calling indy like you know like where's my husband what has your man done to my husband any of that sort of stuff but uh i i guess not Wednesday's Dynamite. We do have a, a ticket update there. Uh, it's emanating from the Hoffman Arena in, uh, Hoffman Estates, Illinois at the Now Arena. According to WrestleTicks, and this is as of yesterday, 5,763 tickets had been sold for the show, 1,269 remaining. So, uh, the, the, the pay per view is, I believe, sold out. I, I, believe the only thing that is up in the air right now is our Rampage tickets. They had a bunch of tickets that were bundled together to try to get you to go to both Dynamite and Rampage. Apparently now they have broken up those tickets. Uh, doesn't sound like Rampage is sold out yet. We'll get an update on that. In fact, after Raw tonight, uh, the late night Wrestling Observer radio with Dave and Brian, there may be an update on that. Uh, he'll probably have an update on that then. I do want to get this in here for you. Uh, the NOAA N1 victory. It is, it is tournament time in Japan. We had the G1 that ended not all that long ago, the Zero 01 Fire Festival. We have the Stardom Five Star Grand Prix, which is going on. But NOAA's N1 victory uh, league has now come to an end. Kato Kiyomiya won the B block. And he'll be facing off against Hideki Suzuki, who won the A-block a couple of days ago. Their uh, final encounters will be taking place on September 3rd. Uh, they will be... It's for the N1 victory final. This is a... It's a relatively loaded show up top. There's a eight-man tag, which on paper looks to be really good. Naomichi Marafuji, Goshi Ozaki, Masato Tanaka, and Masaki uh, Masaki Mochizuki, one of the most underrated guys in wrestling history over the age of 50 years old who still can perform at an incredible level, against Kaz Fujita, Kendo Koshin, Hiyo Wagner Jr., and Timothy Thatcher, as well as Keno, Manabu Soya, and Tadasuke, in one of Great Muda's last matches as he teams with Nosawa and the Great Okan. We'll be back to put a bow on this thing, Wrestling Observer Live. Back on the show, Mike Sempervivi here with your Wrestling Observer Live. This has been a much better show uh, if we just would have recorded the break material telling you oh my god hey if you want to book out doc gallows and carl anderson you can it's been noted that their contracts have come to an end with impact wrestling and they have not signed a new deal after what dave had noted were what he believed to have been the highest contracts in the company at that time he noted they they are both booked For upcoming New Japan shows, but could legally appear on either AEW or WWE programming as soon as this week. You know, Carl Anderson is staring down the, you know, barrel uh, the barrel of a feud with uh, his old his old friend Hiroshi Tanahashi. I, I don't think he, no matter what. Triple H can do after the last time those two guys were there. I don't think you're going to be seeing them pop up on WWTV. TV. But uh, I don't know if you're also going to be seeing them pop up on AEW TV either, unless it's somebody to come in and do a a loss uh, and have a good match with FTR and, and take an L as they defend one of their belts. You know, they they are where they should be probably with New Japan, especially for the real-world tag league, if that's going to be coming up this November, uh, which I believe it is, and frankly, whenever it is, uh, they could stand to be in there and and maybe try to put over some newer teams that come down the line, use a little bit of the uh, cachet that they had and help out some people down the line for New Japan in the division that I would love to see them kind of rebuild and, and get done again. So that is it for me, everybody. This show has been jinxed from the start but that's okay why because tomorrow is a new day yes it is and brian alvarez is going to be back in this chair i will be at his side and producer dom will be in the studio gotta salute him producer jared will be doing video i gotta salute him and i salute all of you for tuning in and especially staying with me on this very jinxed edition of wrestling observer live we shall talk to you after a while everyone